one night they had what they would call, what we call today, a revival meeting. But back then, I, I believe they used to call it a tent service. But John was preaching. And after the service was over, he came over to one of the ladies and told her, say, look, you that same lady, I done told you, you better leave that alone, what you're doing. The lady wouldn't stop. She was married to Philip. And the Bible said that Philip's brother was Herod. And guess who Herod was? Herod was a king. So you know she was in trouble. And, it, and that lady's name was Herodias. And the lady didn't care nothing about doing right. Just like some people out today, they don't care about who they hurt. Just as long as I can get to the front, and long as I can get my name called, and just as long as I'm riding in the front with everybody, and everybody is waving at us and telling us to go ahead. Forget about what it took to get here, just as long as I stay where I'm at. If y'all pray with me, I'll y'all pray with me, I'll soon quit. So John told him, said, look, if you don't stop, you know what you did is wrong. How you gonna marry the king's brother? And then you gonna hurt that man like that and then get up in the front like that and marry him. So let me tell you what happened. My brothers and sisters, here come, here come John to the lady and he's preaching to her. See, he came to her more than once and telling her that what she was doing was wrong. So the lady told him, said, the lady got mad. And you know it's a bad situation when a woman get mad at you. Because especially if it's a woman with an evil heart. Okay, well this woman had an evil heart. And she plotted and planned against John. And no matter what John did, she decided that I don't care when, I don't care where, and I don't care how, I'm going to get him. That's what she said. I'm going to get John. Because he, ain't, he got a lot of nerve coming in here talking to me like that. Who do we think he is? Are y'all with me? I'm the queen. I got my crown on. I'm, I'm walk, they they walk, walk me in on 12 men's shoulders. They bow down at my feet. And he got the nerve to come back here and tell me. Who do he think he is? He can't talk to me like that. I'm the queen. Y'all with me? Look at, look at, look at it with me. Are y'all still with me? Don't let nothing distract you. Come on, stay with me now. So John told him, said, look, I'm not worried. I got my ticket. And I ain't gonna have no blood on my hand. I'm gonna tell you what thus said the Lord. And you better turn from your wicked ways, woman. And if you don't turn from your wicked ways, you going to hell. That's what he told her. And John, and, and John said, John said, look, I'm telling you because 
the time is coming where the, where the time is coming where the sins of, of men is going to have to take an account. And you're going to have to put up an account for all the evil deeds that are done in, their, in your body. So I'm letting you know that I'm preparing a way for the one that's going to come. And I, I want you to be ready. And the lady didn't care nothing about that. Like I told you, she was thinking about herself. She was thinking about being in the front. She was thinking about getting a name called. She was thinking about that she wouldn't have to be scrubbing no pots no more. Now she could eat out the fat of, off the top of the land and off the fat of the land. Help me, Holy Ghost. So then she turned around and John, so all of a sudden, John says, okay, well, it looks like my time must be coming around. So he turns around and he began to keep on preaching that the kingdom of God is coming. And he's talking and, and he's preaching to a crowd of folk. And then all of a sudden, they comes and they grab John and takes John's away. Help me, Holy Ghost. And they captured John. They questioned John. They asked John, what, what matter man are this? Why, who are you? And what is your authority to be taking the queen and asking her all these questions? And, and what is your, what is your, um, where's your credentials? Who sent you? And, and where did you come from? And, and John said, well, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. So about that time, about that time, they let John go that time. John went back to the to where he came from and kept on preaching. But that woman still wasn't through with John. So she plotted and she planned against John. And she decided that Herod was going to have a big birthday bash. Are y'all sitting with me? And she said, you know, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to get him then. Yeah, let's, let's invite all of his friends because I want to get him in a good mood. You know, you got to be careful when people plot against you. So when you think about it, John, John is else still preaching. But he, ha he knows that his time is winding up because people are questioning him and asking him, why is he doing what he's doing? Why are you messing with the queen's wife? Well, you better leave her alone, man. Do you know who she is? Okay, so here, here they 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 uh, have this have this this um, birthday party. Everybody's sitting around. They got all types of fine grapes. They got all the big fat oranges sitting up there, and they got the rosy ruby ruby grapes and the pomegranates. And and Herod's just eating. He all dressed up in his turban, and he he has on his on his fine robe and have on his necklaces. And then they bring out all of the fine chicken that they have boiled on the fire outside. Then they bring the ham to him and they bring everything to him and they make sure they get him good and fat. But you know something? It's something about people feeding you when they want something from you. Come on now. Understand what I'm trying to get you to see. 
You got to watch that. What had happened, they got him in a good mood. First, see, she plotted and planned it for years. Did the Bible didn't say nothing about that. It was the next day. He plotted for years to get him. Okay, but then after they got after they got John, after they after they got him, and they took him, and they, they and they took they had him in had had him in the uh, in the in the uh, banquet hall, and they and they singing and thing. All of a sudden, Herod gets up. But see what happened. Herod had got drunk. And that's why the Bible says, when you drink, you should not drink liquor where it is excess. In other words, if you, when you drink, you ain't supposed to get drunk. Because if you drink too much, eventually you will get drunk. So that's what happened. He got drunk. He had already here sat there and he got filled with all that chicken and all that ham. They had all, all the, the different ruby grapes and, and the pomegranates and the apples and oranges and pears. And he sat there and they would feed him to him because he was a king. The only time a king fed himself is when he wanted to. Okay, so he, there he is. And all of a sudden the great king, Herod, stands up and he says with a loud voice to the daughter-in-law, to his daughter-in-law, and he says to her, what will thou have of me? Yes. And she says to him, really, she didn't know. She had to stop and go to Herodias and ask, ask the king's wife, what did she want him to do? And that's where it got mixed up. But see, let me tell you something. I want to show you something about this sister-in-law. Help me, Jesus. Sometimes you can be in the right place at the wrong time. Well, see, the sister-in-law didn't have nothing to do with Herod and the, and, and, uh, and the wife and, John, and, and the John, okay? But because she was a sister-in-law, she, she went along with that mess. Are y'all still with me? So she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But see what had happened, he had drunk that wine. And you know things that are in the natural, when you see things in the natural, when you get drunk, you see something else. And when Herod got drunk, that sister-in-law started looking better and better to him. Yes, it did. And Herod told her, to get up and dance. That's what he told her. He told her to get up and dance. And she said, no, no. I only dance if you give me John the Baptist's head on the platter. But that was not her condition. That was Herodias, the daughter, the, I mean, the uh, the, the, the mother's, the mother's, um, that was the mother's request. She was just filling in, the, filling in the gap. I'm getting ready to wrap it up. 
But turn with me over here to the, the 16th chapter. And I'm going to wrap it up and close it down and finish it up. But I want to show you, I bring that, I took that route to show you how, how you can be at the right place at the wrong time. And then how somebody can use you if you're not strong in the Lord. That's why you got to have your own mind. That's why I hear Paul saying, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. See, don't be like King Herod. Don't walk after the flesh because that's going to give away anyway. But walk after the spirit. So, my brothers and sisters, do you have it there in the 16th chapter and the 13th verse? Let's pick it up here where Jesus came in and he's talking to his disciples. And he's asking them a question. He's saying to them, who do men say that I am? All right? Go back to that one more time. Read it one more time real slow. Jesus said to them, he's asking them a question. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Can I talk about it for a minute? Jesus was asking the disciples, what are they saying about me? Can I get a witness? Anytime you start doing something good, somebody going to have something to say about you. That's what happened to John. He was doing too much good for the kingdom of God. And that's why they had to get rid of him. Well, that's the same thing that Jesus is asking them now. Who do men say that I am? Tell me what they're saying about me because I, I, I need to know because if I know what they're talking about and I know what they're saying about me, then I know just about how much my ministry has taken on to the world. That's, that's why he wanted to know because, see, when Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them out in twos. He would send Peter and John, James and Matthew, Luke and Paul. He would always send two at a time. Can I get a witness? If you don't believe it, then he turned around and he said him, and they said, some say that God, John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, and one, and some say one of the prophets. But here come the question. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? In other words, he don't, see, Jesus wasn't concerned about what the world thought of him. That was not concern, that was not his concern or what they thought about him because he came to die for them, for the sins of the world. So he wanted to know, but who, what do you say 
because you're the one that's close around me. You're the one that I've been talking to. You're the one that I have been preaching to and I've been teaching to behind closed doors. Yeah. You're the one that I've been praying with before we even go out to a meeting. So I want to know who do you say that I am? He said, I'm not asking you what they's talking about. Don't tell me all the gossip. Don't tell me all about what they got on the headlines about who I am. Just answer my question. Just among you. Because everybody knows there were 12 disciples. But there were only three that was very close to him. And that was Peter, James, and John. Can I get a witness? So look at here. So he says to him, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Why did he, then Peter said, I, 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 Peter said unto him, let me say it again. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So my brothers and sisters, if you look at it, if you will, you would notice that Peter knew who Jesus was. That brings me to my... That brings me right to... to my title, to my subject. The title of my subject is, Do You Know Jesus? Look at somebody and ask them, Do You Know Jesus? Well, one thing we know, we know that Peter knew Jesus. But Jesus answered Peter and said to Peter, You were, you were presented, you were told this by by the unction of the Holy Ghost. In other words, you you did not learn this by flesh and blood. This was sent to you by God himself. So that that meant that that Peter stood out from all of the rest. Peter stood out from all of the rest. Peter was the one that always was in the front. When everybody else run off and leave Jesus, Jesus, Peter was, would be right there preaching the gospel. He would be right there holding Jesus up. Peter was, Peter, they said Peter was a fisherman and Peter was, Peter was always somewhere and he was a big man. He was always standing up in the front and when he spoke, he spoke with authority. He spoke like he had knew something about what he was talking about. When, when Peter spoke, he spoke like like he, like he had been somewhere, that he had been around God. But that, that is what I'm trying to get, get to. Look at what he said here. In the 18th verse. And I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. All right now. If you would notice from this time up until the time of the church, 
name was Simon. They called him Simon. It was Jesus that changed, changed Peter's name, I mean Simon's name to Peter. And he was telling him that no matter what, that that rock was Jesus. In other words, that John didn't have a building to preach in for his church was outside. Even Jesus didn't have a church per se. He didn't have a building to preach in. Majority of the time when he preached, he preached outside. Can I get a witness? Ask somebody, do you know Jesus? So then Jesus, here he comes down. Let's move on down to the 21st verse. Jesus Christ is talking about his death. From that time forth began Jesus to show his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem. And Jesus is telling them that he's going to suffer many things and he's going to be killed. And then on the third day, he's going to be raised up with all power in his hand. Is that, the, is that what the book say? And then look what Peter said. Then Peter took him up and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be. Now, wait a minute now. Let's back up here now. Listen to Peter. Jesus is telling Peter, telling, telling the church, he's setting up his church, and he's telling his disciples that, look, I'm, you're going to have to suffer many things when you be with me. It's not going to always be easy. And everybody ain't going to be happy when you, when you join the bandwagon for the Lord. So look, it ain't going to be easy all the time. So you're going to have to be able to suffer. So what he told him is, look, in other words, if you don't pick up no cross, you can't get no crown. So Peter said, wait a minute now. Let me see if I understand this correctly. Are you trying to tell me that I'm going to have to be beat on? He said, well, I don't know if I like that. He said, are you telling me that I'm going to have to be lied on? When you think about it, nobody don't want to be lied on. He said, and then they had the nerve to even mock him. When they brought Jesus in to Jerusalem, can I move on? And they went and got Jesus. And they brought him into Jerusalem. The reason why they even got a hold to Jesus is because it was Peter's son is the one that told about Jesus. He was the one who went in with the Pharisees and told the Pharisees that I'm going, it was Judas the one that betrayed Jesus. And he, he was the one that lied and said, I'm, 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 I'll be with you all the time. And Jesus had already told him that, Judas, you're going to betray me. And he was the one that set up the groundwork for the Pharisees to come and get Jesus. Can I get a witness? But Jesus, look, look at Peter now. Peter wasn't no better than, wasn't no better than uh, Judas. Am I right? Peter told him, said, look, know if I, if I can suffer all this. Because now you're talking about suffering. Yeah. 
that's that's kind of heavy. That's one thing now to be following you around and everybody's waving at us and and and, the, and waving their palm leaves and telling us to go ahead. But now you talking about suffering. You talking about dying on a cross? What are you talking about? That don't even make no kind of sense. Wait a minute, dude. Because see, far as Peter was concerned, why don't you just talk to the father upstairs and he can make everything all right? Why should you even go through the trouble of suffering? But see, what Peter didn't understand was Jesus had a job to do. And Peter had a job to do too. But the problem was with Peter is Peter was too concerned about himself. He couldn't get out of the natural and walk in the spirit. And he didn't realize for the fact that the spirit was where he was all the time. And the kingdom of God was right where he was all the time. So Jesus didn't have to be with Peter for the kingdom, you know, for the glory to be where Peter was. All Peter had to do was just pe preach Christ. But Peter said, uh-uh. If you going, I'm going too. As long as, as long as you ain't around, I'm getting cutting because I'm not going to be around here. So Peter said, well, look, I tell you what, I'm, I'm with you all the way though. Yeah. Jesus said, I don't know, I don't know if you're telling me the truth, Peter. Peter said, I'm with you all the way. Yeah. Rain or shine, no matter what happened, no matter through thick and thin, through 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 uh trouble, through problems, even when they desert you, when no matter what, I'm with you all the way, yeah. even to the end of the earth. And Jesus looked at him and told him, now Peter, before the cock crowed three times, you would deny me twice. Isn't that what he told him? But, but, but Peter, Peter didn't, Peter still, Peter still didn't get the answer. Peter went on. He went on and he, he, he went out and got lost. He said, later for this mess, I ain't going to be getting killed for, no, for nobody. Ain't that like some people today, when you need them and you really want them to be around and you really want them because it's time for, for the, the, the help of the church, that's when they run off and leave you. Can I get a witness? Well, that's the way, that's the way he was because he hadn't, he hadn't made up his mind to really fully accept the fact that Jesus was Lord. Out of all that he knew, out of all that he had had learned from Jesus, he still did not have enough faith. Turn with me back to the 14. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Turn with me to the 14. And I'm getting ready to close. I'm getting ready to close. Now let's pick it up here. Let's pick it up here at the 22nd verse of the 14th chapter of Matthew. 
I want to show you where and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a boat and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away and when he had sent the multitude multitudes away he went up into a mountain privately to pray and when the evening was come he was there alone but the boat was tossed now in the midst of the sea with the waves for the wind was contrary and it was the fourth watch now watch it now and Jesus went up unto them and was walking on the sea and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled saying it is a ghost and they cried out saying out of fear but straightway Jesus spoke unto them saying be of good cheer for it is I. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come out unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And Peter was come out of the water. Then Jesus tells him in graphic details after that is that Peter jump gets out of the boat. Now come on with me now. Here's Peter. He didn't deny Jesus. Then left the ministry. Then walked away. He all finished now. And he is in the boat. Come on now, y'all with me? And all of a sudden, the disciples is in the boat. And all of a sudden, they look up, and here comes Jesus. Walking on the boat, on the water. But my brothers and sisters, the point I wanted, I'm trying to get you to understand is, it was Peter. Just 
try me one more time. I know I made a mistake. I know I lied on you. And I know I denied you three times. But Lord, just try me one more time. It was Peter. He got up. Even after all that he done. After all that he had done to He said, Lord, try me one more time. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Look at Peter. He's sitting down in the boat. Could you imagine how Peter must have felt? Come on with me now. Peter had messed up. His mind is all constrained. He cannot understand where to go. Nobody don't want to have nothing to do with Peter because he didn't lie. Jesus. But out in the back of my mind, it seemed like when Jesus told Peter to come, he told him, come out of what you're in. Come out of that problem. Leave that situation alone. You know, sometimes that's where I believe Jesus is talking to us. And he's telling that sinner man that you need to come out of your drinking. Come out of your depression. You need to come out of your bike ride. So what if you made a mistake? So what if you made a mistake? We all have made a mistake. And we all have sinned. And came short of the glory of God. But look at Jesus. Jesus is still telling the world to come. He's telling them to come. Come to me all. Ye the heavy laden give you rest. He tell him to take up my yoke and learn of me. For my burdens are light. But he's telling him to come, to turn from your wicked ways. But see, the problem I don't think people understand is, is the fact that no matter how many times you make a mistake, and no matter how many times you run into trouble, you can still come. Jesus is still saying come. I believe that's what he told Peter that night. He said, forget about what you've done. Forget about how many problems that you did. Step out on the water. You don't have to worry about it, Peter. He said, step out on the water. He told Peter to step out there. Can I get a witness here? Peter couldn't understand how he was going to do it. But I believe Peter got up there and he couldn't see how he was going to make his way. But he stepped out on faith and he stepped out on the water. And the Bible says that he kept on, that he kept on walking. He kept on walking. The only problem Peter had, the only problem Peter had is when he turned around and paid attention to the devil. The only problem you got. It's when you pay attention to the devil. Don't turn around and listen to what he's saying. When he brings something to you, keep your eye on Jesus. He's the captain of the ship. Keep your eye on Jesus. Keep your eye on Jesus. You won't thunder and you won't fall. You might go down, but you won't drown. Because the Bible said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus took his hand, even Peter fell. 
because he didn't have, he didn't use his faith. But if you go back there in the 14th chapter of Matthew, you will see where Jesus didn't say, Peter, you have no faith. He didn't say you didn't have no faith. He said, oh ye of little faith. But you know what I remember? In Matthew, the 17th chapter, it said that if you have faith of the grain of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. But see, Peter was walking on the water, but where he made his mistake is when he turned around and paid attention to the devil. I'm finished, I'm finished. I just wanted to, I wanted to tell somebody. I want to tell somebody. You've been in the same boat. You've been in the same boat too long. You've been in the same boat too long. Sometimes it's time for you to get up out of that boat. So what if you step out on the water of life and you drown? Jesus said, I'd never leave you. I'd never forsake you. I'll be with you to the end. And every time you fall, I'm right there to pick you up. So what? So what if you make a mistake? So what if your wife leave you? So what if your husband leave you? He said, I'll be with you even to the end of the earth. He said, all you got to do is trust in me. I'll never let you down. I'll be with you to the end of the earth. All you got to do is hold on. Don't let go. That's all I want to tell you tonight. Get out of that boat. Sometimes you got to step out on faith. Even if you don't, even if you don't walk on the water. And that water is the water of life. So what if you don't if you don't if you don't make it to the other side? So if you before you learn how to swim, you gotta drown sometime. But but the good thing about it, God ain't gonna let you drown. He's right there to pick you up. God bless you. Do you know I'm you need to know him. All these different biblical scholars and everything has a significance. Which John was just a forerunner and he tell you about Peter. But you got to keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Shall we stand?
773-752-2252. And now your host, Evangelist Andre Murphy. Greetings. God bless you. Good morning. I am so happy to be here today to wish you the Lord in spirit and truth. God is just good, and he's good all the time. We give honor and glory to God, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and I shall rejoice and be glad in it. You are not listening to this broadcast by accident, but we would like to take a moment out and thank God for waking us up this morning, closing us in our right mind, putting us in the right frame of mind to do his work. And then I want to thank God for the opportunity to be on this great radio station, WBGX. Why don't you call your friend and tell him to wake up and listen to WGBX1570.com. They're streaming live right now. And I want to thank God for the, my shepherd, uh, Pastor James A. Murphy Singer and Moody Shannon Church. And I also want to thank, also want to thank the entire management, as they call the family, over here at WBGX for, with the, for the warm welcome, and also the president, Tim Gallagher. You are listening to This Is Your Day for a Miracle. You didn't wake up for nothing this morning. God woke you up for a purpose. God is walking through your house right now, and he's looking for a need that you have, and he's going to turn that situation around right now in the name of Jesus. It is not by accident. You didn't get up by accident. Don't you know that God woke you up and started you on your way for you to get up and do something good for somebody else? Don't just just sit there and get up. If you're sick, get up out of that bed. Start walking around and receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus. Don't you give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't you commit suicide. Don't even, don't drop another pill. Don't take, don't put that rubber band around your arm and stick that needle in your arm. God is a deliverer. He will heal you right now from that disease. And you don't even have to worry about being depressed because God is a heart fixer. Right now in the name of Jesus, by his stripes, he said, I'm healed. Jesus said you're healed. So if you're in trouble, I want you to know that God will fix it. He's a miracle worker. Right now in the name of Jesus, I want you to know this is your day. Not tomorrow, not next week, but this is your day for a miracle. Greetings in the name of Jesus. And I do realize that uh, in the book of Genesis, it says, God said, let there be light. And he said, there was light. And God called light in darkness. And he called it night. And then he took out at the Genesis, the first chapter in the night, and he said, God said, let the waters 